0: Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio, researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Miami. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 581 for release on Sunday, April 12, 2020, on WaveScan today an American radio station on Vanuatu Island in the South Pacific. We'll have more from the HFCC conference in Malaysia and our Philippine DX report from Henry O'Mahe. The island of Espiritu Santo is the largest island in the now independent South Pacific island nation of Vanuatu or the condominium French and English colony of the New Hebrides, as it was known during its colonial era. The island is almost square in shape, with two long finger-like peninsulas jutting out from the northwest side of the square. More now on this American radio station on Vanuatu with Ray Robinson in Los Angeles.
1: Thanks Jeff. The total area of the island is 1,500 square miles, with a population of 40,000 people who are fluent in their own local language and also in either French or English. Espiritu Santo is the only habitat for a rare bird known as the Santo Mountain Starling, which is found only in the cloud forest areas. For a few months back in the 1980s, the island of Espiritu Santo declared an unsuccessful independence from the rest of Vanuatu. The main town on the island is Luganville, the second largest town in Vanuatu. Luganville was laid out by the American forces during World War II, and the main street was planned so wide that four army tanks could travel abreast over its full length. The first contingent of American service personnel arrived on Espiritu Santo on April 8, 1942, an advanced survey party of 500 personnel who made preparation for several American bases on the island. Additional American forces began to arrive on February 3 of the following year, 1943, and at the height of their occupation, there were half a million American personnel on the island. On August 4th, 1944, the first radio broadcasting station in the New Hebrides, now Vanuatu, was opened at Luganville on Espiritu Santo Island, with 1 kilowatt on 1045 kHz. Very soon afterwards, this new medium-wave radio station in the South Pacific was heard in New Zealand and then in Australia. Due to a saltwater pathway, this little 1kW station on the split channel of 1045kHz in the New Hebrides was heard quite regularly during the hours of darkness in both New Zealand and Australia, 1,000 miles away. Initially, this new American radio station identified on air as the voice of the New Hebrides and also as AES, American Expeditionary Station, and AEF, American Expeditionary Forces. However, at the time when the station was inaugurated, regular American call signs were being allocated to all of the American stations in the Pacific, so the station on Espiritu Santo became WVUR, the American Forces Radio Service. AFRS-WVUR was a member station of the loosely applied Mosquito Network, which had its headquarters with the AFRS station WVUS at Noumea, New Caledonia. In November 1944, the AFRS stations in the Mosquito Network participated in a genuine network radio event by rebroadcasting off-air the medium-wave signal from WVUS Noumea which was operating on another split channel, 975 kHz. Three other Mosquito network stations successfully carried this relay programming from WVUS Numea, and these were WVUQ on Guadalcanal in the Solomon Islands, 1ZM in Auckland, New Zealand, and WVUR on Espiritu Santo in the New Hebrides. AFRS station WVUR on Espiritu Santo was closed on February 14th, 1946. The Pacific War was over, and large numbers of the American forces had moved on, and some had even gone home. However, that was not the end of AFRS WVUR. The station was taken over, as was, by the American Air Force, though it was no longer part of the Mosquito Network. For another three months, this station was still on the air, and it was consistently heard in both New Zealand and Australia. But after that, it was indeed silenced forever. Just a very few international radio monitors living in New Zealand and Australia were successful in receiving a QSL from WVUR Espiritu Santo, in the form, no doubt, of a letter typed out on an old manual typewriter. And we'll have more about the radio scene in Vanuatu in a future edition. Back to you, Jeff.
0: Thank you very much. Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. Two weeks ago, Jerry Plummer of WWCR was with me, and we were talking about the opening session of the A20 HFCC Shortwave Frequency Coordination Conference in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. It took place at the end of February. Today, Jerry's with me again to continue talking about day one of the conference. What happens is after the opening remarks, um, mm-hmm. there is what's called the opening uh, plenary session. Right, right. And this is generally, well, uh, it has traditionally been chaired by uh, the vice chairman, Horst mm-hmm. Schultz, right, who right. used to be with Deutsche Welle and media broadcast,
2: yeah, and now yeah. he's retired. Um, and uh, it was chaired by you this time. <laughs> yeah, it was. You know, so we kind of talked about it and thought about. Uh, luckily, we had some um, previous stuff to go by to kind of tell us what to do. Uh, so yeah, I was horsed today, mm-hmm. and uh, it's basically you know uh, as as you've uh, said that pl- opening plenary is you know kind of also let people know what's going on, ranging from. Uh, what time lunch is to uh, what the the schedule is for the week uh, as far as that goes and you took them took them through a lot of that and uh, uh, you know i guess you'd say housekeeping items or uh, to let people know what's going on and make them feel more comfortable in in their environment now one of the things that was
0: supposed to happen here this week at the conference was um, elections for uh, steering board members, steering right. board board of directors basically, right. but they right. call it the steering board. Um, and there were two positions that were supposed to be uh, elected. Right. Uh, one of them is vice chairman, mm-hmm. and Horst Schultz will remain as a vice, as a sort of a... Um, what would you call it, a vice chairman emeritus or something. Yeah, yeah, a, a, a vice uh, chairman uh, consultant or yeah. something like that. But we were electing a, a new vice chairman position in addition to that
2: and also a um, the, what they call the rapporteur. Yeah, which, which really is that kind of like a...
0: Secretary maybe? Yeah, or, a secretary.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't mean to belittle it, but it's like high-powered note-taker or something <laughs> exactly, like that. Yeah, you exactly, exactly. And Gary uh, uh,
0: Stanley from Encompass, which is... Uh, the the organization that runs the, most of the BBC transmitters right, right, right. Um, is the current rapporteur, and he's uh, uh, actually the only nomination for the election that, this week. Yeah. So he's going to continue well, as well, rapporteur. He's done it for eight or ten years, maybe. Oh, yeah, at least, like yeah, 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 I yeah, think yeah. at least. And and then for the vice chairman uh, position. There's only one nomination that was received and mm-hmm. and that was yourself. Yeah, that was me, yeah. <laughs> so and
2: if I remember correctly when the when the chairmans uh, election came up. There was only one nomination, and I believe that was you. <laughs> well, what happens is these positions are not paid,
0: no. And so it's hard to find someone to do some of them <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's, it's a lot of
2: work. It's a labor of love. It yeah, really yeah, exactly, is. Exactly. We don't really generate any income off. So usually,
0: if there's someone who's uh, willing to volunteer, they they get elected, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened with you, and that's what's happening with me. That's right. So, that's so right. what what was decided, and what happened is, of course, as we were talking previously. We've got a low uh, turnout this time because Mm -hmm. the conference was going to be in China and it was canceled because of the virus. And and so we have a a a lot fewer attendees as usual. Uh, And and so there was not a quorum Mm -hmm. in attendance. So the elections have had to be postponed until the next HFCC meeting. Which will be in Sofia,
2: Bulgaria. Sofia, Bulgaria, Mm -hmm. and I mean, you know, we uh, we could have pushed it and created a quorum through the use of proxies, but it's okay. I mean, let's just do it. Yeah, until everybody gets here.
0: But since the nominations are closed, that means that Gary will be reelected as the rapporteur, and Mm -hmm. you will be the new vice vice chairman, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I did
2: my best uh, horse shoals imitation today when I was, uh, but he's. uh, I could be wrong about this, but I think horse is the. Only uh, vice chair that HFCC's ever had. I think so. Uh, yeah, kind of think yeah. so. Because mm-hmm. you remember uh, after Ulrich had passed, uh, uh, that that summer was—I think it was in Slovakia—that mm-hmm. uh, horse was somewhat downcast because he and, uh, Ulrich really kind of started this thing.
0: And you're you know? talking about Ulrich Chip the, yeah, yeah, uh,
2: yeah, former sorry, yeah. chief engineer of Radio Prague. Yeah. Right, right. They were the founders. They so. were the founders and he was telling us that, uh, just, just we had the meeting just after Ulrich uh, had passed and he's, he was a bit downtrodden because he says, you know, Ulrich called me and, uh, uh, he said, that was my first communication with someone across the wall. and mm. uh, So they 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 went back a long time. Died before yeah. the Iron Curtain came oh, down. No kidding. Mm-hmm. That's like 89, 88 or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, last century. And you
0: remember, I mean, the shortwave listeners, you remember Deutsche Welle was really, you know, one of the main stations transmitting western
2: propaganda if you will into the east at that time oh yeah oh, and yeah. so it was a
0: very political
2: sort of thing oh it was yeah. uh, horse mm-hmm. told me one evening about the night that the changes took over his job uh, was to go and uh, convert turn the transmitters and turn the uh, actual uh, stream i guess you would say from uh, East German to West German. Yeah. And he said it was a really interesting night to have done that, you know. The last day of Radio Berlin International. Oh, yeah. When Deutsche Welle
0: took it over. It I sure think. did,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but they were they were aiming at each other pretty strong back mm-hmm. then. Of course, you and I were listening back then, as many of our listeners are, too. We all remember the Cold War days mm-hmm. with—do uh, uh, you know, I, was, I think I told you this, but maybe 1987, 1986— I ordered a Radio Moscow sweatshirt. Oh, really? And it had to get shipped in via Canada. And when it got delivered to me, there was some guy in a suit that delivered it to me and really kind of wanted to know what I was doing with this. (laughs) I'm serious. Did you order it from Radio Moscow? No, I had to order it from someplace in Canada. Mm. But I heard about it on Radio Moscow, and they gave the Canadian address. In fact, it was a a guy that—I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, but I bet you may remember his name that was the— um uh he was sort of like the voice of Radio Moscow and did uh Joe Adamov Joe Adamov, Joe Adamov yeah, yeah, yeah Joe Adamov mm-hmm. yeah a lot uh, of
0: people remember him from the Moscow Mailbag.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. that's exactly it, mm-hmm. Moscow Mailbag, and that's where I heard that address. Uh, and so I, I thought, I said, "Well, I'm going to send off for it," you know, Canada, right? <laughs> but yeah, it was not delivered by a uniform postal person, but it was delivered by a uh, ununiformed st- uh, federal employee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, that's a good souvenir, though. Oh that's yeah, new. oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's the first time I knew it was really referred to as. Makba you know, mm, and, you know, mm-hmm. versus Moscow. You probably knew that a long time ago, but I didn't, right? Oh wow, oh, that's interesting. But, but anyway, so, yeah, you know, Horst yeah. is still kind of like, kind of like when you took over as chairman. Ultrich still served as sort of chairman consultant that you could lean on to ask questions, and because he knows that.
0: And unfortunately, he passed away
2: shortly thereafter. Yeah, so, yeah, so now you have yeah. to lean. Uh, yeah. But Horst uh, yeah. uh, agreed to stay on as sort of a um, vice chair. Mm-hmm. consultant and said he he's willing to assist in whatever manner that's that's and that's that's, that's that's certainly welcomed in. Yeah, definitely. We when we were doing uh I know you you kind of wound uh, come close to, uh, to the end of the opening plenary. Now we have a closing one too. That's right. But the opening plenary we finished it up in time to actually get down to work and quite a few of us I believe it was you that one that had mentioned that it's going to be it's going to be tougher to avoid collisions this week but we're just going to have to give it the best shot we have
0: you know it's tougher because of the lower participation mm-hmm, and but some people are coordinating
2: uh, frequencies via email. Yes, they yeah. are, uh, yeah. and, and we all uh, know that email is a wonderful thing. But we also know that, for example, uh, the FCC is not here today. But if I wanted to coordinate something with them, there's a 14-hour time difference. <laughs> <you know? laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's one of the beauties of having HFCC is we get rid of that time differential, and we for a week we kind of live in a time vacuum. <laughs> And yeah. with where we can make these changes immediately.
0: So everybody meets together basically from 9 to 5 every day, right. Monday through Friday, um, uh, and, and they can
2: meet face-to-face and and make decisions. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. And you, uh, you and I converse email a lot, but I think we both agree that sometimes email, hmm. you can lose the feeling because it almost sometimes sounds like somebody's mad, but they're really not. You know, <laughs> right. It's just the way it, it <laughs> sounds, right? Yeah. But uh, you had mentioned that we'll, we're, we're going to face some criticality in that, and that's true.
0: Well, it'll yeah. be interesting to see how this works because normally, um, the the idea is at the beginning of the week there are lots of what they call collisions, right. stations that, that have submitted their frequency plans for the next season, mm-hmm. and the, they're on the same frequency at the same time to the same target area, and, and so gradually as the
2: week goes along. People work these collisions out, and by the end of the week, they're usually worked out, right. most of them. And uh, they, but, each morning, they generate, a, for each of the FMO's stations, uh, they generate a, a collision list. So when you first start in the mornings, you can look and say, oh, I got this new collision, or I've got this. And as you say, you can go address that right, right then. And, and by the end of the week, many of those are gone. So now it'll be interesting to see what happens this week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my crystal ball prognostication says that there's going to be more collisions. I mean, I hope not, but I, I just feel I, I don't know how you can avoid it, really. And, it,
0: and this is something that's important for shortwave listeners because uh, y- it may happen that you'll tune into your favorite station on your favorite frequency and all of a sudden find that uh, there's some other station there <laughs> <Right, laughs> on the same right, time. Right.
2: Uh, and that's you know that's the collisions you're talking about, mm-hmm. and typically during this time frame we can correct those, literally on the fly, but now you have a anywhere from a six to nineteen hour time difference, and so there's probably going to be some of those occur. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there there may be, uh, but again, uh, I think you mentioned this yesterday, Jeff. This whole thing, this this particular meeting, has sort of been an aberration. With, uh, the Chinese for sure didn't know about the virus you know and then of course we had to make a change at the very very end and then you got to change your flights and all that stuff Uh, I I can certainly appreciate why we're we're having lesser attendance I I can Mm -hmm. see why well, this is this is all for the
0: uh, what's called the eight twenty broadcast season, yes, yes. which starts on the last Sunday in March, March, yeah, and goes to the last Sunday in October, October, right? yeah, and, summer and, sort of the summer season, I guess you'd say, yeah, yeah, summer in, right, in, in the northern right. hemisphere, right, really. right. And so, what happens is the next HSCC conference will be in August mm-hmm. in Bulgaria, right, right? And that will be for the. Uh, B20
2: season. In effect, winter season. Right. Which will be from that time frame you'd mentioned all the way up to the beginning of the next one. And they yeah. kind of rotate around. Yeah. This will be our at least second one in Sofia, right? Didn't they have one a long time ago? Uh, I, I,
0: I, I believe the very first one was in was in Bulgaria, somewhere in Bulgaria. Somewhere, that's right. somewhere and in Yeah. And then the, s- the second one in Bulgaria was a few years back now, and so this
2: is, this will be the third one in Bulgaria. I think fourteen was when we had twenty fourteen. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think we yeah. had that one. Yeah. Yeah. admitted. Um, so. That's right. I, I can't remember yeah. the name of the town, but I think he said it was not uh, not Sofia, but another yeah town. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's, uh horse has been slowly but surely writing a history of the HFCC. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh. uh, he's I, and it's not. You know, I told him I, I said this is going to be a bestseller for real. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, but as it gets completed more, we can post more of it so readers can see. You know, I wonder if uh, they'll put it on the uh, HFCC website. I would think so. Yeah. I it would be useful, yeah, you know, yeah. in, in that sense, yeah. um, because he he's been around since the start. Uh, in that sense, but yeah, I think 2014 was when we mm-hmm. we were there. It wasn't. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the hotel we stayed at, which I think is the same one we're staying this time, was an old Soviet era. I uh, think so. Hotel. I
0: think so. The Soviet. Uh, the Soviet. Uh, Sofia Balkan Hotel.
2: So, yeah, that's what it was. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah,
0: but it was like a big palace, and it's all marble. you know. It <laughs> is. It
2: is. Yeah, it's very typical of a lot of the old Soviet construction. Mm-hmm. You know. And it looks like there's many places where there used to be two-way mirrors in it. And there probably was two-way mirrors in it. And it's know?
0: an interesting location because it's on a square, Svetlana, uh, I forget the name of it, but um, there's a there's a church right in on the square right yeah, in front
2: of the hotel. Sure in is. fact,
0: there's another small church right there. Within the hotel in the garden area there, there, and
2: they're uh, they're yeah. attempting to rebuild or re you know because mm-hmm. uh, it was like seventeen hundreds or something yeah. like that yeah you know? yeah yeah uh,
0: but this Fethanodelia uh, or something I believe yeah, it's called I think it is, uh, yeah. square and, and it's a nice little uh,
2: um, Eastern Orthodox uh, church there it is I remember that yeah mm-hmm. uh, and and you can look at the way that the the hotel was built. Because you, I know that standing outside the room that I was in at that time, uh, it was balconies outside, and I could literally see some Soviet general in 1958 uh, addressing the throngs of the crowds out there during that time frame. Yeah. Uh, but that'll be in, in August, and uh, well, we pretty much got a lot of Pete stuff together for that now, I believe, don't you? Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, we're pretty much uh, all ready for it. Uh, uh, the, the HSCC meets twice a year before mm-hmm. each of these uh, seasons right, begin, right. and so uh, uh, we're constantly having to come up with uh, new locations. It's in a different location around the world each time, right? Right, um, right. And finding local hosts oh yeah Um, yeah. uh, because when it's going to be in Bulgaria uh, we have uh, a local host there yeah
2: Vinci from Space Line which is uh, took over most of the old uh, uh, Voice of Sofia broadcast facilities when the nation when the government gave that up and he was uh, an employee of uh that place and his oh, mother was too his mother worked for yeah. him for 35 years for Bulgaria yeah uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. and uh, Vince learned about working on he, he said he learned about working on uh, the Soviet transmitters from the age of nine forward you know <laughs> uh, oh. he's, he says there's many Soviet transmitters still scattered around the old eastern Bloc. -hmm. And he's learned where to go pick up parts and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, you know. But he, yeah, he'll be the the primary sponsor for uh, Mm -hmm. uh, for the Sophia thing. And, And we do we do believe that Sophia will reflect back up to full attendance like we're used to.
0: Jerry Plummer of WWCR Shortwave and the Caribbean Beacon in Anguilla was talking with me there in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, at the end of day one of the HFCC conference. We'll continue our conversation next week on Wayscan. Meanwhile, over in the U.S., Jeff, N1SNB of the Amateur Radio Supplies Company, says this is, surprisingly, a time when interest in amateur radio is surging. Search volume in Google has doubled for the hobby in the last week. One ham test prep provider reports interest is up 700% for those interested in getting a license. I've heard more conversations on long, quiet bands than ever before. And we suspect that the same holds true for interest in shortwave radio listening during the coronavirus crisis. After all, shortwave has long been known as crisis radio. And Jeff also adds, I hope you find time to work on your station. Shack time is quality time. I'm in my shack now, sketching plans for a new dipole on 80 meters. I have a balun to replace, I need to replace lots of old feed line. Let's go over to the Philippines now. Here's Henry Amadhai with his monthly DX report.
3: Hello, everyone. Hello, dear shortwave listeners. Wherever you are, welcome to the April 12th edition of the Philippine DX. This report number 157. I'm Henry Umaday in Bacolod City, Negras Occidental Central Philippines. Glad to be back and thank you for listening. Reception lags for March 2020. March 11, Radio Taiwan International on 11915 in Indonesian, from Tainan at 1220, SIO 343. March 15, Radio Taiwan International on 15320 in English, from Tainan at 0340, SIO 444. March 17, RTMY on 1165 in Malaysian at 0300, SIO 444. March 18, Radio Thailand World Service on 9390 in English, from Wadantani at 1406 SIO 333 March 21, BBC World Service on 7485 in English, Pram Crunchy, Singapore at 1500 SIO 333 March 23, Radio Taiwan International on 6180 in English, Pram Tuscan at 1633 SIO 3, 4, 3. March 26, Radio Japan on 11740 in Thai, from Singapore to Southeast Asia, at 1131 SAO 333. 3, 3. March 28, Radio New Zealand International on 11850 in English, from Rajitaki, at 1221 SAO 333. 3, 3. March 28, Adventist World Radio on 9800 0, 0 in Cantonese, from Guam, at 12.31 SAO 444, March 28, Radio China Radio International 12.070 in Filipino from Shan at 11.47 SAO 333 and March 31, KNLS New Life Station on 13.760 in English from Angkor Point, Alaska at 03.38 SAO 444. Send us your comments, suggestions, reception logs, and informations to DX at shiahoo.com That's P-I-L-I-P-I-N-S-D-X for D X at Yahoo.com. This has been Henry Umaday for Scan in Bacolod, City, Negras, Occidental, Central, Philippines sa'yong mabuhay, at maraming salamat po.
0: on WaveScan today with music from Cambodia. This is Royal Music by um, the Pinpeat Orchestra at the Royal Ballet and Choirs of the Royal Palace in Phnom Penh. A piece called Wang Swang. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio, researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, we return to the radio scene in South American, Paraguay. We'll have more from the HFCC conference in Malaysia and our Bangladesh DX report. Several QSL cards are available. Send your AWR and KSDA reports for Wavescan to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand, and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy, or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in WaveScan. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Returned postage and an address label are always appreciated. Now, here is the only email address for AWR QSLs. It's QSL at AWR Dot O-R-G. And the only postal address for AWR QSL cards is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakadong, that's P R A K A N O N G, Prakadong, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. Again, that's Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakadong, Bangkok, one zero one one zero, Thailand. The email address for other correspondence to WaveScan, not including reception reports, is wavescan at awr dot I'm Jeff White, a WRMi in Miami. Till next week. Good listening, everyone.